Hey, fifth graders, I'm bringing you chapter seven and eight of Fish in a Tree today. Here we go. Chapter seven, no grandpa's here. I sit on my bed holding my copy of Alice in Wonderland. The shaky writing in the front of the book says, For Allie, my wondrous girl. Love, Grandpa. The colors of the book are all bright, even though the book is old. Inside, the pages are soft, and the writing is bigger than in books now. But I still can't read it by myself. It's like having a gift that's locked in a glass box. I'm feeling heavy, but I always do on Sunday nights. The thought of another week of school does that. It's like knowing I have to pull a tire through a keyhole the next day, but I'll have a new teacher. A Mr. Daniels sounds like a grandfatherly type with pockets full of lollipops, which could be nice. I'm hoping he'll spend a lot of time straightening his bow tie and telling us about the good old days and not giving us much work. But when I show up, I find that Mr. Daniels is no grandfather. He's younger than Mrs. Hall. He wears a dark jacket and a tie with colored circles on it. When I get closer, I realize they're planets. Most of the kids are gathered around him. I throw my stuff in the closet and walk over. He says, My very excellent mother just served us nachos and claims it is an easy way to memorize the planets in order from the sun. Albert, whose hair reminds me of a bird's nest, stands nearby. I feel bad for Pluto. I look over and my eyes are pulled to the bruises on his arms. Pluto was a planet... All those years, and then someone just decided it wasn't anymore? Too small, too far away, orbit not just right. I don't really think Pluto cares, Albert, I mumble. He sits in his chair and says, well, I do. I feel bad for him, and I want to ask about the marks. He is a big and clunky. He is big and clunky, but not fat. The kind of size where others would usually leave him alone. I pull out my chair and sit down. Okay, I tell myself, I'm going to do better. I'm going to work harder. That's all I need to do. I'm going to really concentrate this time, even though I know I've tried that and it doesn't work. Reading for me is like when I drop something and my fingers scramble to catch it. And just when I think I've got it, I don't. if If trying to read helped, I'd be a genius. Mr. Daniels is in front of me. I hold my breath and lean back. He holds out his hand. I'm Mr. Daniels. Nice to meet you, he says. Shay leans towards Jessica. I guess he doesn't know who he's talking to. As usual, most of her friends laugh. Hey, Mr. Daniel says, that isn't cool. We don't do that in here, which wipes the smile off of Shay's face. Then he turns back to me. What's your name? Allie Nickerson, I answer, so softly that even I can barely hear myself. Well, are you going to shake my hand, Allie Nickerson? I don't bite on Mondays. Great, just what I need. A funny guy for a teacher. I take his hand, but only for a second. My mind is already spinning off, wondering what terrible things Mrs. Silver has told him. The plans they've made for me. I see myself wrapped in rope and lying on the train tracks, just like in Grandpa's old black and white silent movies. Okay, fantasticos, take your seats, he calls out. Time to set the world on fire. Everyone scrambles to their seats, but I'm still lying on the imaginary train tracks all tied up and watching the engine come around the corner. Chapter 8. Real Trouble The first day with Mr. Daniels starts out okay because we have math in the morning. And Mr. Daniels does this thing he calls the bus driver. He says, 
you're the bus driver. And then he tells us how many people get on and off, and we have to add and subtract the numbers in our head. No paper, no pencils, just math. When I was younger, I loved math, everything about math. But in school, math now has letters, like what does X equal? There are also long stories with characters, and although the story is supposed to end with some number, all the words block my path to getting there. But the day turns into a wooden nickel day at snack time when Mr. Daniels calls me up to his desk. He holds the assignment that I did for Mrs. Hall where he had to describe ourselves, the one with why written over and on it. My stomach flops over. So I'm wondering what this means exactly. Can you tell me, he asks. I shrug. I'm also wondering if you can write just one paragraph for me, something about you. I'd like to learn something about you. I stay quiet. With teachers, if you stay quiet long enough, they start doing the talking for you, filling in the answers, and then you just have to nod. So I wait. But he waits too. Finally, he says, come on now, can you write that paragraph for me? I feel heavy. No, I say. He doesn't want to know about the real me. It'll be like people in scary movies who think they want to know what's in the basement. But when they find out, they're always sorry. Allie, did you say no? He asks without being mad. I turn myself to stone. He takes a a deep breath and leans forward. So is it writing you don't like? I think about saying no, (coughs) except it could cause me trouble later like the chess games in Grandpa's Alice in Wonderland book. You have to be super sure before you make a final move. But I figure Mr. Daniels probably already knows this about me, so I nod. What do you like, then? Buffalo wings, I say. He laughs a little. What do you like about school? Leaving it. He waits for me to say more. I like math and art, and I like to draw. Oh, well, that's cool. Do you draw a lot? Yeah, So do you find the writing difficult or do you just not like it? It's easy, I lie. It's just boring. Well, maybe we can do some things to make it less boring for you, to excite you about writing. It's a great way to explore, be creative, ask questions. I point at my paper. I asked a lot of questions there. Yes, he laughs. I guess you did. He takes a deep breath. Here's the thing, Allie. I'm going to be honest with you. I've talked with both Mrs. Hall and Mrs. Silver. I know that you have spent a lot of time in the office in the past. You're good at getting sent to the office. But you know, you can be too good at the wrong things. Uh Uh-oh. I just want you to know that I'm going to try really hard not to send you to the office. If we have something to deal with, you and I will deal with it together. He winks. What happens in room 206 stays in room 206. What? So we won't involve Mrs. Silver anymore, okay? I think she has enough to do around here. Oh no, did he just take away my get-out-of-jail-free card? Also, he says, moving his head to, to look me in the eye, I'm on your side, okay? I just want to help you. So he wants to help me, huh? He has no idea what he's in for. All right, scholars, that's the end of chapter 8. For your seesaw assignment, you are going to go answer this question. How do you think things are going to go between Mr. Daniels and Allie in the next few chapters? So you're making a prediction. How do you think things will go between Mr. Daniels and Allie 
And how do you know? So here's an example. You could say, I think things between Mr. Daniels and Allie will be great because. And after the because, you're going to choose something from the chapter. So you need to use text evidence. You don't have to use a specific quote. Just text evidence that tells me why you think it will go well or why you think it won't go well. Okay? You're going to add that sentence to Seesaw. Make sure to be as detailed as possible and to use capital letters and punctuation. All right, we'll see you back on Friday for the next Read Aloud. Have a great day.